Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. ScreenFit is a vision wellness program that trains and rehabilitates the visual skills and abilities necessary to support the high visual demands of screen usage in today's modern world. ScreenFit is designed to teach you how to relieve the stress that technology places on our visual systems on a daily basis. This six-week program will empower you with the tools to support healthy visual habits and efficiently use the eyes together as a coordinated team. ScreenFit was created by industry-leading expert optometrists with over 25 years of experience in patient care. Dr. Applebaum and Dr. LaPlaca have developed an unparalleled curriculum that focuses on the practical application of various vision lessons intended to benefit anyone who uses phones, tablets, or computers. With this course, participants will immediately be able to use their newly learned skills and knowledge in daily life. Visit www.screenfit.com to enroll in the program and use our promo code of VIMT2020 for 10% off your purchase. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020 for our weekly insight. Happy Thanksgiving, Uh, right? It is just a few days away. Uh, It is my husband's absolute favorite holiday. He loves Thanksgiving and all the fixings that go along with it. And we actually get to celebrate two Thanksgivings. We do lunch Thanksgiving with his family and his mom makes all the farm vegetables that you can think of literally broccoli cauliflower brussels sprouts potatoes in every facet and way you can think of uh so it's super fun and then we all go home and take a nap and then we go to my parents house uh for dinner for thanksgiving with a little bit of an italian flair which is always fun so i hope you guys have a wonderful thanksgiving and both dr lacalzi and i want to express our gratitude for you for listening and giving us a reason to do this every week. You know, we really started this project during the start of the pandemic as like a passion project, but here we are almost three years into it. And we just absolutely love connecting with you guys and sharing stories and our knowledge and connecting with doctors all across the world and the country. And it's been really, really amazing. So thank you for listening uh, because you give us a reason to do this every week. Now, for today's episode, we are going to be continuing our Syntonics case series. We are going to be joined by one of my favorite doctors, Dr. Esther Hahn. I had the privilege of learning from her as a student while at the SUNY College of Optometry, and she was someone who really played a pivotal role a pivotal role in my pursuit of vision therapy and my knowledge base. I am forever indebted to Dr. Han. So I am so excited to have her on today. So a little bit about Dr. Han. She specializes in neurooptometric rehabilitation with a clinical interest in the evaluation and management of visual snow. Serving as a full-time associate clinical professor and the residency program supervisor for the Vision Rehabilitation Brain Injury Emphasis Residency, she is involved in both the didactic and clinical training of optometric students, externs, and residents within the Vision Rehabilitation Service, as well as seeing patients. Dr. Han is well-published, having co-authored poster presentations, several peer-reviewed articles, and book chapters related to vision therapy, pediatrics, and neuro-optometric rehabilitation. She has lectured domestically and internationally in China and Italy in the areas of acquired brain injury and vision therapy. She has been invited to speak about vision deficits and acquired brain injury to 
interdisciplinary rehabilitation specialist at the North Shore LIG Transitions of Long Island Annual Symposium, Burke Rehabilitation Center in Westchester, and Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. Dr. Han received her Bachelor's of Arts in Neurobiology and Behavior from Cornell University in 1995. An alumna of SUNY College of Optometry, she earned her Doctorate of Optometry degree in 2001 and subsequently completed her residency in vision therapy and rehabilitation in 2002. Dr. Han attained her fellowship in the College of Optometrists and Vision Development in 2005 and in the American Academy of Optometry in 2011. Dr. Han attained her diplomat with the American Board of Optometry in 2013. Dr. Han was a member of the COVD International Exam and Certification Board from 2014 to the 2021 and is a board member of the Eastern States Optometric Congress from 2013 to 2020. Without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Han. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and then your journey to optometry and then into vision therapy. Oh, sure. So I am Dr. Esther Hahn. I am a faculty member at SUNY College of Optometry. So uh, right now I'm an associate clinical professor and we are in New York City. So we're both alums from there. Um, My journey started at a SUNY open house. Um, My aunt went to her optometrist and she thought, hey, that would be a great career for you. So I researched it. I signed up for um, to attend one of those Saturday open houses. And one of the panel speakers was Dr. Neera Kapoor, who happens to be one of my mentors now. And she's also one of the pioneers in this field of optometric management of folks with brain injuries. And so she spoke very briefly that day because it was a couple of doctors. And yet just a few words really hooked me in. It was vision therapy for children with vision problems. And I'm sitting there in the audience and I'm like, oh, what is this? I want to work with children. You know, I was prescribed glasses when I was five, saw plenty of optometrists, but it didn't really want me to be an optometrist. But I wanted to know what this vision therapy was. So I said, okay, I need to find more about it. I contacted her and I was like, oh, can I observe you one day? And then I discovered, oh, her her specialty was actually more in the area of head trauma rehabilitation. You know, I was a neurobio behavior major. And so I was even more fascinated. I was like, okay, what's this? And then I observed a resident who actually eventually became my residency supervisor um, a couple of years later. And then she was evaluating a patient in a wheelchair. Patient had a stroke. And I'm like, what, what, what are they evaluating, you know? And then Dr. Kapoor, you know, came to the library with me. She gave me a few couple of review papers. And then I was hooked. Like, I'm not even in an optometry school yet. <laughs> um, so I walked in my first year and I was like, okay, I know I'm going to do this residency at this school, vision therapy and rehab. And I want to work in one of those in, in this one place, right, in optometry school that has their own head trauma clinic, right? So not a lot of schools across the nation have this like designated clinic just for this population. So even when I was training, um, you know, we had referrals from all the local rehab centers in New York City, right? So these are big hospitals. And then, um, you know, we only had that because of two doctors, Dr. Erwin Suchoff, the founder of the program, and Dr. Neera Kapoor. And these folks laid down the groundwork, started these interdisciplinary networking connections, right? Giving, you know, every resident afterwards kind of that, that desire and ability to do that. Because I was very quiet and shy as a student, but I was so determined, I was really determined to enter this field, help children with vision-related learning problems, and help patients with vision problems after they suffer their brain injury. 
you know, that was about 25 years ago um, when I first met her and she became my mentor, especially in those early years. But now I'm a faculty member, but also a residency program supervisor of a brain injury residency program that wasn't even in existence when I was training. <laughs> so it has been a very interesting ride so far. So it's been awesome. Well, it's kind of like a full circle moment for you, right? Like, right? And Dr. Kapoor, I can I can understand why you were captivated by her with mm-hmm. those few moments, right? I had the opportunity to work under her as well. And she was so brilliant and mm-hmm. passionate about what we do. And really, she she really and, and has helped to pioneer like what, what we're doing. So I can Absolutely. understand why she gave you that bug, right? That yeah. like, oh my God, I want to do this. This is so exciting. Absolutely. And especially for someone that when they, when you have the experience of wearing glasses, like you think, oh, it's just the eye doctor mm-hmm. I'm just seeing, right? Like they're changing my glasses every year and there's nothing more to it. And I remember yeah. that moment too of, oh my gosh, there is so much more than yeah. seeing 2020, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it's like that light bulb goes off when you mm-hmm. see that see the light of uh, the opportunity of vision therapy for yes. who you can help. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the patient that came in to see you because we want to talk about syntonics or optometric phototherapy and how it can impact patients. So tell us a little bit about what your patient came in to see you and why they came in. So this um, patient actually has a little history before it, right? So this was at a time when I was discussing my cases with colleagues at various conferences. And I actually heard Dr. Rob Fox, who you had on your podcast a few weeks ago um, at COVD. And, you know, he, he was ta- telling us about um, optometric phototherapy can be indicated. And I was I was trying to see, OK, what patients do I have? Right. Um, so I, prior to the this patient that we'll be talking about, I referred two patients to see Dr. Fox in Albany. And then when I ref- I referred them because I was plateauing with them in their therapy program. They had symptoms, but they just couldn't push through, um, particularly with activities that integrated um, either accommodation or eye focusing or binocular um, or eye teaming skills. So integrating, right, that, that kind of end phase and they were kind of getting stuck. So their symptoms were getting better, but I couldn't kind of get them to that end, end phase so that they could really not feel any symptoms. So they took a break from therapy, received the home unit from Dr. Fox, and they did it at home. And then when they came back, I was actually able, they were, they felt so much better and they were able to do these harder activities I was getting stuck with. So I was like, oh, this is amazing. So then I talked to my chief, we somehow got a unit. And then Dr. Alan Cohen, another um, founder of this field, right? He was, we were talking about one of his patients and he was probably talking to other colleagues, probably your supervisor, Dr. Tannen. And we were kind of all talking. It's like, oh, maybe we should do the light therapy with her, right? And so um, she was very symptomatic. She couldn't progress through her vision therapy program. And she was feeling very symptomatic after each session. It was really slowing down her progress. So I had just taken the 101 course from the College of Syntonics. We got the necessary equipment. So yeah, we were starting to get ready to take these challenging cases. So this was a referral from Dr. Alan Cohen. Okay. And what did, um, can you go through like her diagnoses, like what mm-hmm. happened and um, where she was? 
Yeah, so I think for this particular case, it'll be the case history, right? So in many of the cases we tried um, that we were working on, especially initially, it was complicated case histories. So her initial brain injury, which brought her to um, SUNY 20 years ago, was this double impact injury. She was attacked and then her head hit against a, a cement column. But over the years, she started getting autoimmune conditions. She had lupus, she had Sjogren's, she had rosacea, she also had rheumatoid arthritis. In addition, all these things, as you know, most of us eye care providers know, cause severe dry eye. So she was getting all this advanced treatment for that. And in addition, she had post-traumatic stress disorder, um, very a lot of lack of sleep. And her life was dependent on whether she had a flare-up of, of these autoimmune conditions and whether her overstimulation of like the senses, right, her vestibular or balance system, her visual or auditory, if any of that was overstimulated, she started to get PTSD symptoms. And so um, often it would take her several days after one of her vision therapy appointments to Dr. Cohen to recover. And her symptoms, so these symptoms wouldn't permit permit her to do her home therapy. And so that's kind of where we're starting. So some key things to note as one listens to these kinds of case histories, right, is that they're cues. So cues that, oh, maybe her autonomic nervous system is not in balance, right? So is it the fight or flight versus our rest and digest, right? So fight or flight is sympathetic. Our, right, our rest and digest is parasympathetic. So she sounds like she's in this ever, ever like, she never leaves this fight or flight mode, right? And it's tiring, right? And so even her like eye findings, like in terms of her clinical findings, um, <clears throat> she was overconvergent at distance and near, right? And whenever she made any eye movements, it would just like she would have excess motor overflow, like other things would move in alongside when she shouldn't be. So um, I was going to go into the treatment plan a little bit. Should we do yeah, that? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So for me, because these cases are so hard, um, we actually only start with maybe a minute or two um, on that first session, right? So with her, we tried um, a turquoise, right? The Mu Epsilon. And then we tried Mu Delta, which is our lemon colored a little bit. And she said that latter one was too stimulating. So we ended up actually doing the Mu Epsilon and we added a D lens, also a depressant lens, right? Okay. So this is how muted she needed this light therapy to be. And we increased her minutes for maybe a minute or two every, for the first four sessions. And after the, even by the first, the fourth session, she was saying, hey, you know, I don't get headaches as much. My brain fog has lessened. My dizziness, especially after I leave one of these appointments, which is saying like, I, I used to leave very uncomfortable. Um, so here, um, she's already gotten a lot of improvement just from four sessions, not even the full 10 minutes that we would normally give her. So I'm saying, wow, this is amazing improvement. The key thing that I that really hit me was Dr. Cohen saw her in the waiting room and he said, oh, you know, she seems to be doing better. So and remember, I've never met this woman before this. Right. And I said, oh, how do you know? Right. Like, have you looked at her findings? And because we didn't really test her. And he goes, oh, no. So she's smiling. And when I speak to her and I was like, oh, and she she never smiles. This is how miserable she was. And I'm like, oh, OK, so that's amazing. Mm -hmm. So even that, right, she's able to now not be in that like fight or flight mode and she's been resting. So mm -hmm. that's a huge thing. So she eventually, you know, 
we did about 12 sessions with just that turquoise. So then we started to change it. And so now she was able to tolerate um, kind of that indigo lens. So about the Upsilon Omega, the mm -hmm. little purpley color. And then we ended off with the color she likes, the Mu Epsilon or that turquoise color. So at the end of her therapy, you know, she says, you know, I'm sleeping better. We can do therapy now with her. So we're doing that higher level stuff. She's not very sick during the session, but at the end, which I know a lot of offices are doing, they kind of end her therapy with the light therapy so that right. they can leave comfortable. And so, you know, she gets some brain fog or headaches during the session, but usually during the light therapy, she's like, oh, yes, because we scale her. Like we say, oh, she starts at an eight out of 10. Yeah. She leaves with like a two out of 10. That's amazing, right? No brain fog, no headaches. You know, that sensitivity she felt is much less. She's happy when she leaves the, the appointment. You know, and this case really highlights a few things. First and foremost, the power of just a minute or two of light, right? Oh, yeah. And quieting that brain down because mm -hmm. when we are in that constant state of stress, and I, I describe this to my patients as like, you know, when you can't find something and you like you're looking for your keys and you're late and you mm -hmm. start running through your house and you literally can't see anything and mm -hmm. your brain and you can't hear anything, you can't see anything. Mm -hmm. Imagine your brain being like that. 24 seven. Oh yes. And it just can't. And, and we could do vision therapy. They could be doing vestibular therapy. They could be doing all of these therapies consistently for years, but their brain just can't accept the changes. Yes. And what you're sharing with us is that after 20 years of all of this craziness and working on and off with vision therapy, this light finally opened up her brain to mm -hmm. become enough to accept the changes that we had been working so hard to make, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And I love the piece that he said that she was smiling. Yeah, that that's that makes her my memorable patient. That's why it was so easy to find a case for this one. Yeah, because you know, we you know, we we want those black and white numbers to improve. We want, you know, the fusional ranges to improve. We want the stereopsis to improve. But when you change the quality of someone's life, that's the important part of our job. And sometimes that's not as quantifiable, right? Like exactly. <laughs> yeah. But she's so happy, you know, every year she gives cards for holidays, you know, like she's a happy person now. Right now. So tell us a little bit now, what is like her management moving forward? Mm -hmm. um, does she consistently do the optometric phototherapy at home? Does she just come in for maintenance with you guys? How does that work? So she actually did really well. So unlike some of my other patients, right, she did the 24 sessions of phototherapy. Um, and then she completed her higher level, like, you know, therapy in office for vision therapy. And now actually, I only see her maybe every six months, we just change her glasses. Um, and she actually is mostly coming in just to cut, um, work on her dry eye condition, because it's a severe dry eye. And then her retinal follows because certain medications that she's taking, she needs to get followed up for. So otherwise, she said she's doing fine. So as long as she's taking care of all her other medical issues, like, you know, her systemic issues, she's doing great visually. And it, it, it never ceases to amaze me when I see her. She's like, oh, no, I'm doing pretty well this way. You know, I just have to make sure I don't get a flare up. Right. So she's so much more composed right now um, and more accepting the realities of her other conditions. But the vision isn't in, in a huge um, obstacle for her anymore. Right now, this whole this case is blowing on on so many levels, right? Because yeah. it's so multifaceted. But mm -hmm. 
the fact that the 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 vision was so tight and such an issue it was no matter what was going on systemically the vision was the one that was kept like coming up and impacting her life the most and then when we were able to quiet that down she was able to focus on the systemic health piece and this really shows just how impactful because sometimes providers when we're specialized right we just think about the eye but we know that we have to look at the whole being and this is such a, an important case to see the parallel between our visual system and the impact it can have on the overall system so i guess what was your biggest lesson or takeaway from this case like for practitioners that maybe are starting out with optometric phototherapy, like what, what is your takeaway? I think, like I said before, the case history is key, right? Um, like I've heard with some of your other um, speakers regarding this, you know, you can almost hear it in their voice. Like, and as you're looking at findings, you it starts to come together, right? But the case history and kind of seeing that, oh, could this be that balance between the autonomic nervous system, right? Is this different, right? It's not just the muscles of the eyes, right? So with her, it was like a lot of processing, right? So that's why she got her brain fog, her headaches. And so as you listen for those things, and especially as you do your exam, you're going to start keying into those. The pupils, like, I, you know, we never really check, check the alpha omega pupils. Now, if you hear a case like that, guaranteed, like you almost see a positive alpha omega pupil. So, you know, even now the residents that we see within a few months, they'll, they'll hear a case and they're like, oh, I think we should check her pupils. And I think we should check their, you know, and so even that, so I think the key thing is to really listen to your patient. Right. So you may have a technician doing your history, but while you're meeting them, try to ask maybe key questions that can help you discern. And that'll, you know, you you will make their lives so different by giving them the appropriate treatment. And for me, that's the biggest lesson is just listen to them even for a minute or two, even if it's not the whole case history. Right. I, I love that lesson. Um, and the other lesson that I was listening to you when we were going through this for my takeaway is not only okay. that. But also that if you are doing vision therapy and there's a block in getting to that automatic state that we yes. talk about, um, that integration state of being able to integrate vision, vestibular, auditory, yes. you know, proprioceptive feedback, all that stuff, start to think about that. Because mm -hmm. why can't we, especially with an adult, right? We know sometimes kids just cognitively aren't there to get to mm -hmm. that level, but those adult patients, especially those traumatic brain injury patients, right? Like what's the barrier Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that was a, that's a really important piece. Like, why can't we get to these higher level activities? Because the brain for her, her brain just wasn't able to be open to it. So mm -hmm. I, I think this case is amazing. I'm so excited to share this with everybody. Yeah. Um, for any of our listeners listening, how can they find you? Um, you can go to the SUNY College of Optometry website and you can type my name in there. Um, and yeah. Um, you can also email me at um, M as in Mary, H-A-N as in Nancy at SUNY, opt one word, S-U-N-Y-O-P-T dot E-D-U. Perfect. So guys, I will link that in the show notes so you can easily access Dr. Han. Um, and I will say she is a wealth of knowledge on every aspect of vision. So uh, for the doctors listening, uh, flood her emails because she will be wonderful <laughs> to answer your questions. Um, so, <laughs> so Dr. Han, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and for our listeners, we'll talk to you next week. Oh yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.